We're the Valentins. And we are passionate about people. Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection. But that's not always what comes easiest. We know this because of our wide range of personal experience, as well as our years of working with people. So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational health. All right, babe, we're back. We are. Welcome back to Dates, Mates, and Babies with the Valentins. Guys, we've got a real treat for you. Mm-hmm. We have some good friends with us today that we are going to be interviewing. And this is a very special category of interview. We haven't actually covered this topic really at all on the podcast yet. No. But we're going to be talking about multicultural relationships because we have these amazing friends, Giovanni and Charity Osorio who um, live here in Reading and go to our church, and we've known them for many years. Actually, we got married, fun fact, at the same venue many moons ago, back when it was I a venue. I think in the same year, right? Yeah, Within a few months. 2011. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't know yeah. that. And um, also, fun fact, Charity lived here in Reading before I did, and then I moved to town, and people would often come up to me thinking that I was Charity, because we both, I guess, because we have blonde hair and, and blue eyes. I don't know. <laughs> And you're both <laughs> Maybe tall. similar build. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I'll it's an incredible it compliment. Like, hey, you're pretty. Oh, it's an incredible <laughs> compliment because Charity's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, we've got them here. They've been married for going on 13 years then. Yeah. And um, I'm going to let them tell you a little bit about themselves and their relationship. But um, the quick backstory is that Charity is very American and uh, Giovanni is very Ecuadorian. And so they have married and they have created very gorgeous children, which mm-hmm. they'll tell you about, but they're enjoying the fruit of a lot of work in a multicultural marriage. And I think they would genuinely say that they love their marriage, but they're people who we highly respect because they've actually worked hard to create a life that they love. And so we've got them here today. Gio, Charity, welcome. Thanks. Good to Thank have you. Thank you guys. Good to see you. Yes. Good to see you too. Um, do you want to kick us off, babe? Yeah. You want to just I mean, I think it's always good to start at the beginning. How did you guys meet and what really attracted you guys to one another? Mm-hmm. You, wanna, you wanna lead that? Sure. Um, well, I came to VSSM and, and yes. this, this is at the very, very beginning, first year. Um, and I, I came um, and I was really drawn by this idea of hearing, hearing from God. Mm-hmm. And so I remember during the first couple of months, I will go to the prayer chapel and try to practice that, trying to hear from oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I was, um, I was praying, and then I felt like I just couldn't get my prayers through. And I hear this thought in my head: just go to the the coffee shop, go to Hebrews. And I'm like, that can't be God. I mean, He's not going to tell me to go to the cafeteria, to leave the prayer chapel, leave the prayer chapel. To go to the to go. I'm like, shop. no. So I close my eyes and try to pray again. I just couldn't concentrate. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to go try it. So I walk over to the to the coffee shop. I walk in and there's like three people and I'm looking around and I'm kind of like expecting God to show up or to something miraculous to happen. And I look around and nothing happened. And then the guy that it's, that it's, um, that it, that it's sitting there at the store, he's look at me like, is he okay? <laughs> so I feel a little weird. I walk over, I grab a hot chocolate and I turn around and, I, and I'm waiting for, you know, the heavens to open and an angel to walk through and, and something to happen, but nothing happens. So I kind of like turn around. It's been like, eight minutes or so, and I started walking out feeling very, very dumb. <laughs> and uh, this guy looks at me from the side, and he's like, hi. I'm like, oh, hi. He's like, hi, my, ma- my name's Brett. I'm like, hi, my name's Giovanni. And then he's like, hey, you want to sit down for a second? I was like, all right. 
this is it. So I sit down, chat with him. Uh, his wife comes over. We start chatting, and five minutes go by, ten minutes go by, and there's like nothing. It's just fluff. I'm like, shoot. Um, so I was like, all right, guys. Um, well, great meeting you. I'm going to go back to Pret Chapel. And I just walked out. Like, it was such a, I felt really dumb uh-huh. because n- nothing came of it. And I was like, okay, God's going to do something. And nothing happened. So I walked out, went back to the Pret Chapel. Now, I came into the coffee shop to have coffee with that couple like three minutes later. Oh. No. So, yeah, so I worked at the church, and, um, and they were friends with my boss. And so whenever they would come to town, I would have coffee with them. And they were just like an older couple from the Bay Area, super sweet. And um, I sat down. And at the time, I was, I was fully loving my life in Reading. I had no interest in anything international. I mean, I had traveled extensively before coming to Bethel, but my... All my vision was geared at Reading at yeah. that moment. Like it was like, okay, how do we how do we change the city? I love cities, and so my whole like inspiration towards change was geared at this little this little town, you uh-huh. know. And um, I had I had, we would always tease that my sister Michelle was the one who was going to marry and go overseas, and and I loved traveling, but I I really wanted to see things in the U.S. shift, you mm-hmm. know. So I sit down with this couple and we're chatting, and the the guy like before I could even get through, he goes. We just met the perfect man for you. Oh and, my gosh. and I was literally, but at the time, also, everyone was trying to set me up at Bethel. Jay, your dad. I mean, <laughs> oh, I it was bet. intense. Yeah. It was I intense, you know? And like the, the matchmaking at Bethel is different, you know? It's like everybody <laughs> it loves the same Jesus, but there's a lot of personalities. And sometimes you're like, oh Lord, I'm really glad that your, your nephew's a Christian, but I don't want to marry him, you know? Like, <laughs> like you've got like a couple pieces that work and then everything else. So, it was awful. Everyone wanted to set me up. So it was like this really like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm thanks. good. And, he, and, and the guy goes, no, I'm serious. He is from, um, he's a businessman. He's super handsome. He's from Ecuador. And you two would be perfect together. And so just That's like amazing. without even like, oh, I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to live in writing the rest of my life. I... I'm not, I'm definitely not, I'm not going to South America. Like that's not it. And the wife took my hand and she goes, honey, there are no borders in the kingdom. And it was kind of a bit of a, like, I, it was uncomfortable because I could tell that what she was saying was true, but it was also a little bit like, don't don't push me. Don't push me. Yeah. Yeah. But it it was, it was interesting because I was like, actually there's presence on what she's saying. That's, that's weird. You know? So since I did work for this school and they told me his name, they said his name was Giovanni, which he doesn't actually spell his name like the Italian way. He spells it a different way. So I put an Italian spelling Giovanni and there was another Giovanni at the school at the time. And the description didn't match. That's all I have to say. The description (laughs) did not match. We're not talking about the same. No, we were not talking about the same person. And I was like, people are just so weird, you know, like they just, like, they've got, it wrong. they've got it wrong. This is so weird. So I go home, I tell my friends about it that night. This is so another setup attempt. And, and I didn't think it was a good description based on, you know, the, the pick on the BSSM website and whatever. So all fun and games. And then like a week later, I go to this party for, it was like, not a party, it was like a meeting for somebody was organizing for people who have been involved in government or who have interest in government. And that's what I did before I was at Bethel's. I worked in government. And so, um, I noticed when I get there, I knew everybody at the time. I was super involved in the school, super involved in the church. So there weren't a lot of new faces that I didn't already yeah. know. And I go in and I'm saying hi to everyone. And I noticed this guy who is intentionally not meeting me, like not meeting me. Like there's so many opportunities because it's a small house. Like it's not like it's a huge space. And every time where you would naturally like kind of go, oh, I don't intersect. Think we've intersect and shake hands and say hi. He's like, like choosing the opposite direction. <laughs> and I this cute like, girl walked in and everybody's like, oh, oh, who's that? Oh, that's Sherry. And the guy just kind of like started approaching her. And I'm like... Orbiting. 
I'm like, <laughs> whatever. I mean, she is beautiful. She is gorgeous, but. I'm not going to be that guy. Well, we're, we're, I'm not here for that. I'm here to, you know, I'm going to hear about this meeting and blah, blah, blah. And so that's amazing. Wow. So he's focused. He was ignoring me, actually. And I was like, weird. People don't usually ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> so Excellent. So then she calls everyone together and she goes, hey, so we're going to, who wants to start? Just say what your name is, where you're from. And he goes, I'll start. My name's Giovanni. I'm from Ecuador. And I was like. Oh, he is handsome. I don't know. There he is. This is the Giovanni from Ecuador. Uh So, but then we didn't meet because he was ignoring me. So that's weird. You know, like it took a while actually. So I got a call towards the end of the meeting. I got a call from, from, from a family member in Ecuador. So I stepped outside and I was talking to them and somebody taps on my shoulder and says, bye. And I turn around and I couldn't see anybody turn around, turn around, turn around. And then this person keeps walking down and I'm, and and it's charity and she just walks down. I'm like, Bye. And that was it. We didn't see each other for like a year. We didn't actually A meet. year? Yeah. yeah. We didn't yeah. see each other for a year. But I knew who he was. How he did knew, I he not knew. know this story? No, this is fascinating. So the, the next year, his roommate was interning in the department I was working in. And so I ended up at a party at his house in like November. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, our world's kind of collide and um and it was funny because so I had had, this is like a random dad dad story but around the same time I had there had been a few different guys that I was getting to know not like serious dating but just dating ish you know and they all had like one thing they were super like one of them was just really loved Jesus it was really cool but it wasn't a lot of connection in other areas and then the other one was super business-minded really really good at that kind of stuff but he was pretty I had actually broken up with him to come out to Bethel because he just didn't quite get the like give your life for God in this very unique way yeah, that we do that right where you're like yeah. and you move across the country and you do every you sell everything he was literally like that's different I'm like yeah yes and so are you so bye you know and so yeah. we, and, then, and then this other one was really emotionally intelligent he was super engaging but he kind of missed the other pieces so I my parents had moved to Bethel at that time and I had come around, I was in the kitchen my dad didn't know I was there and he was talking to my uncle, and he said, when she meets somebody who carries these three, the things, like, he ne- he listed each guy. When he meets the, carries the spiritual aspect that this one had, and the business mind of this, and the emotional intelligence of this one, I think she'll marry that guy. And so, when I met G, we met at this party, again, like, the second meeting. I was with a friend, and I, I was like, oh, I, I thought it was funny, very insightful of my dad. Like, yeah, actually, that is, that's the guy I want to marry. I really factors. want those, those three factors in a guy. And then I was talking to Gio, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the th- he has the three factors. That's so interesting. But the Ecuador piece was, like, so outside my mind. So I was walking to the car with one of my best friends, and I said, when I meet the American version of him, I'll marry him. Wow. Uh-huh. And Gio has I'm later like, pointed out that this is not made in America. I'm sorry. You just can't. There's not a U.S. version of this. <laughs> There's not a U.S. version of this. Can't find it here. You can't. It's sorry. Can't find it. Only Ecuadorian made. So whatever. I, you know, things change. Wow. So the three factors. The three factors. But yeah, so we started hanging out as friends. It was kind of a, 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 like for a few months, couple months. And then it went fast. And then it went fast, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we started dating in December. We got engaged in March, mm-hmm. March, April. And we got married in September. Wow. Uh, yeah. It went really fast. Yeah. Okay. It was, it, it was fun. It was like a fun yeah. roller coaster. Fun season. Yeah. And part of it was that he was finishing school, was going to have to go back overseas. So it was yeah. like, do we launch into you this figure long... It out. Inter, like international, long distance. I mean, it was that kind of like, he, he was, you were 29 and mm-hmm. I was 26. So we weren't babies. You know, yeah. it was kind yeah. of like, if we're going to yeah. do this in some yeah. ways. And we knew what we wanted. Like it, we, we had lived in long enough to know, okay, yeah. these are some of the qualities that we're looking for. These are some of the basic foundational things. These are our non-negotiables. 
Yeah. So that's the helpful part of getting married later on in life is you kind of figure that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like getting married when I got yeah. married at 18. Oh uh, yeah. I had no idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. I just yeah. want someone that likes me, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's so different when, when you're older. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I think it was a little foolhardy. I don't think we knew what we were getting into. Yeah. But I also don't think it was, um, it wasn't foolish. It was, it was fast and we had a lot to work through, yeah. but it wasn't the kind of thing where you're like, oh my gosh, oh, this was a bad, I, who is this person? Yeah. You're like, you're still the person I wanted to marry. This is just really hard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't think we knew how hard, well, so w- we moved overseas six weeks after we got married. So Whoa. we okay. got married, we took a month long honeymoon. We came back, we packed a container and we moved to Ecuador. And so that was the part that I don't think the girl we, who was going to live in Reading, in Reading and help change oh this God. little small mm-hmm. Northern California really town, yep. married it, let's just married an Ecuadorian mm-hmm. and moved to Ecuador. Yes. <laughs> Six not, weeks. Not speaking the language. Not speaking the language. After yeah. marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, I wasn't, I, I thought that was going to be too hard for her. So I told God, I don't think it's a good idea to move back to Ecuador. And I felt like God said, I think it's a good idea. I was like, well, if you think it's a good idea, then you need to tell her because I don't want I don't want to put her through that. Like it has to be you yeah. and her working that out. Wow. So so charity came back and Yeah, well I really kept feeling the Lord. So I, I really like to have a clear vision when I'm doing something. And so I when I I think part of the reason I didn't even it took us a little bit to get to dating, but I think it was partly because I was like, I know he's gonna go back to Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't want to be the person who's like, I'll marry you, but you can't go back to your country that you love with your whole heart and carry this deep passion for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, good. I'm glad we're here. I mean, but also... Um, and it was part of our conversations we were dating. Yeah, we were like, dating. Sure. I mean, he Are, really loves his country. It's not... He, he wasn't one of those people who was like hoping he could find somebody to stay in the U.S. with. He's like, yes. he would... He loves his country. Yes. You know? And I love the U.S. too. And he loves the U.S. too. But I mean, I think that you've always carried this love for your country. That's really intense. Um, so it felt weighty to me this like, oh man, that this is part of him. I yeah. can't I can't cut this part off from him. And then even just thinking about cross-cultural marriage, I'm like, we can't have a fake cross-cultural marriage, which would, in my mind, be, it's not actually fake, but it would be, he speaks English, he knows my country, I don't speak Spanish, I don't know his mm. country, I wow. can't really interact with his culture. So the more wow. I was sitting on that, like, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to live in this country. I'm going to have to learn the language. Wow. And I'm not going to do this when, when I have kids. Like, I'm not going to move there. Right. Once we get settled here, yeah. I'm not going to do it. We're Got starting it. a new season. If we're doing it, it's going to have to be now. Like, so, so this was you... a very intentional decision. This oh, was yeah. Really... No, it wasn't yeah. haphazard. Yeah. It was literally like, this is, it's going to get harder every year to go. So Did we... you know how long you were going to go for? Or was it like indefinite? It was like three to five years is what we said. And we were there five years. Wow. Yeah, we didn't really know. But I think when we talked about it, having some kind of timeline will help mm-hmm. us yeah, sure. engage. Yeah. I kind of made the mistake when we got there, though, of because I had really applied it to Reading, this idea of like, just be where you are forever until you move, right? Like uh-huh. until God says it's different. I actually think that added a lot of stress when I was there because I went with the idea that I'll never come home. Mm. Wow. And I don't actually think that was necessary i think it added this like i'll never go daunting home. like daunting versus this is a season this is a season you can do anything for a season so i love the principle because it it says put your roots down and be where you are yeah don't do things temporarily yes. 
I think psychologically, though, you can actually add extra weight if you're like, this is actually really hard, and I'm yeah. never letting myself believe that there's an out. Yes. You know, yes. so I, but what our conversations always said three to five years, my in, intentional nature said, I just have to make this home. I have yeah, to make it home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't think we had any idea how hard newly being newly married and then moving to a new country and me not speaking the language or having a community, all of that in combined Whoa. was going to be. Wow. And then your dad passed away. And then my dad passed away eight months after we had been there. So it was literally, it was really, it's actually like a total miracle we're still married. And, and this is that <laughs> we've actually never thought about not being married, but just that you could see how people would not be, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah, I remember in Ecuador after fighting all night for multiple weeks, we were just like, oh, this is why people actually get divorced. Yeah. Like, unless you have God that you can go back to, and we both had that, like, at the core. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't because of that, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like, right. there's no hope. This is no way hope. too hard. It's why just way too this? hard. It doesn't make any sense. Um, like, all right, this thing, this God thing better work. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's wild. So take us a little bit into... Um, what were some of those hard things? Like, tell us a little bit about what made, because here's the thing, what we know, and you guys know, because you have siblings and you have communities and lots of relationships around you, marriage just isn't easy. I don't mm -hmm. think marriage is easy, period, if it's good. I think a good marriage takes a lot of work because by nature, you have two different people who are trying mm -hmm. to become one unit and building a life together and a family. I mean, that takes a lot of work to do it well. And there's every person brings a whole set of normals to the table. We have an episode early on. One of our first episodes was on kind of the foundation principle of what is a normal, like how do you bring normals into a relationship? And like Jason and I had plenty of differences to work through and we're just from opposite sides of the same nation. Mm -hmm. You know, like we both speak English. In fact, neither of us speak a different language. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we both grew up with two parents. We both have siblings. We both understand what, you know, what's typical in the United States of America. We were used to shopping at the same places and things felt relatively similar. And even still, we found ourselves in the middle of so many, I would say, cultural battles mm -hmm. inside of our marriage. Yeah. And then you take having multiple nations represented in one marriage, multiple languages, cultures, family structures, all of it. And all of a sudden, you know, you're at an extreme in mm -hmm. the, in the, in the category of like, we're bringing differences into this marriage. You guys were in an extreme situation. And so I can only imagine what you discovered and what might've been so challenging in that. Um, but let's talk about that for a little bit because charity, you finding yourself a American woman that doesn't speak the native language in Ecuador within the first six weeks of being married to somebody like that's an intense situation. So what were the things that you started discovering were so hard about that? I mean, it would He's be hard laughing. to go in single. Well, I'm thinking like I have friends that have moved to different countries. It'd be yeah. hard to do that as a single person, but you're married. So is that, I don't know. Just what was that like? What did you guys discover? Well, I had done it as a single person. So I thought I had lived in many countries. That was the yeah. thing. Like it wasn't yeah. like I was. Exactly. I mean, I had, I had lived in Africa. I had been, I had spent significant time in India, the Middle East. I mean, I had been to other places. It is very different to be there for three months, 
four months, yeah. six weeks. Like to go in and be like, I'm here for the next six months. No problem. You can do anything for six months. But all of a sudden when your life is like, I'm with you, we're here. I can't just like pop home and live with my parents for the next few months while I figure out what I want to do. I mean, like, yeah, it's a big difference, you yes. know, big difference. So it was pretty shocking. Yeah. <laughs> the language piece was hard for you. The language piece was really hard. Yeah. I mean, just you're, you're, you literally start over in your capacity to express like a child. So wow. you have the mental capacity of an adult and the expression capacity of a two-year-old. And you're like, oh yeah, this is very frustrating, you know, very wow. frustrating. Which, I mean, we had some, the Lord was really faithful. Even, I think that's the thing is that, I don't know, we wouldn't be here if he hadn't seen us through. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there were so many times where he just helped us out, helped us out. Like, so with the language piece, I was really struggling. I had heard about a new method. I had a dream from the Lord. I started a school so that I could attend my school. We ended up running a school. That's what I did for work the whole time I was there is I ran a school teaching expat Spanish and teaching myself Spanish. And then that, and you know, I found you were teaching Spanish. No, my, my partner was teaching Spanish. I started the school, hired a local, made her my partner. Mm -hmm. Then she, and I ran the business side. She taught the classes, but I started the classes for me. I started with four other people and then it was so good. We're like, Oh, there's more people who want to take this. We went through different schools trying to find the right fit mm-hmm. for charity. Okay. And we tried like four or five different things, and, and they weren't quite it. So then charity got a, got a dream about a method of learning a language. Wow. And so we contacted a person here in the States that knew the method. Then we had a person train in Ecuador. Who could do it, because so, there wasn't anything available. So she can yeah. use that to teach, teach Spanish. And then she became charity's teacher. And then, then charity took that. And, and we opened up a, a school to teach wow. other, there were a lot of, of U.S. expats living there. And so like thousands of U.S. expats living in Ecuador. So we ended wow. up becoming the primary Spanish school in Ecuador, like voted in, in Cuenca for several years running. So it was like, but it was, the, it was the Lord. I didn't have this idea. It was like, don't die. You need to work. <laughs> like, here's a job. You know? yes. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Because being improductive and Know, yeah, that'd been horrible. Sad is not a good idea. No. So no. there were so many. There were so many, and even just the people who has have helped us at different points. I mean, when we came back from Ecuador, Jay was. I mean, I think we saw you every week for a year or two. I don't know. <laughs> it was two, a or long three. time. It, or we three, still yeah. see you every now and then. Yeah, but I mean, just so much help to be able to figure it out. But I think some of the biggest things were expectations, which again, you can do that. You can have different expectations coming from the same yeah. culture, right? Versus, yeah. Oh yeah. But I think. When we when we thought we were moving overseas to start our life, we had really different ideas of what that looked like. I thought, I'm leaving all my people, I'm leaving my my community, I'm leaving everything so that you and I can go start our life together. Uh-huh. And I think you thought we were going to... So for me, one of, one of my known negotiables in, 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 before getting married was, I want to marry somebody that knows how to do family really, really well. Mm. Yeah. And if you know Charity's family, they, they get along really, really well. They like to do life together. They collaborate really well. So that to me was like, oh, she has that on her. Yeah. That's uh, part of her she life. She knows how to do that. So when we go back to Ecuador, I have an idea of what that looks like in Ecuadorian terms. And I'm thinking that what I'm seeing in Charity is the same. But mm. then we go to Ecuador and I'm like, oh, we're going to be a part of the family, and she's going to join me being a part of the family. And Charity's thinking, no, 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 I join you so that we create our own family separate from that family. Uh-huh. And so it took us a few rounds to kind of like begin to understand what, what does that actually look like? A few rounds, like? that's in many years. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you guys discovered that even your definition of what it looked like to be a close-knit, connected family was very different. Well, I think this is the thing. This is, yes, it's very different. Not Our families are very similar in their own, like they look like parallel families just in different countries. Very okay. close, very, you know, present parent, and like a lot of connected siblings. Connected siblings. Mm-hmm. So our families actually look like very, very similar parallels just running in different cultural streams. But I think some of the bigger, like, cultural pieces that are at its core. So I'm thinking, right, we're getting married. We're starting our own family. I'm willing to leave my people. I get it because we're going to start our own family. And I think in his mind, it's we're joining into yeah. my this, this greater family. Guys, he has 50 cousins in the city we lived in. We could oh. not go out without running into a cousin. Wow. Every person we'd meet, I'd go, who was that? Because, you know, I'm not, at that point, I didn't speak Spanish. So I'm not following. And he would say, oh, it's my cousin. I'm like, I have, like, four cousins. I haven't seen them in, like, 100 years. I mean. That's amazing to you. Well, and the nature of those relationships as, is that those are fostered in, in, in social gatherings. In, in uh, You have a dinner here. You have a, you go out to this different place. Like, there's, there's these social interactions that actually nurture all the, those relationships. And so, in my mind, we're going back to... I'm introducing my wife to continue with all these different social relationships that we have. And there's a lot of expectation. And, and from my side, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. She loves community. She loves people. She loves doing. And so she's just going to join me into this. And that actually came across as, well, now you're going to be, you're going to merge into this thing that is different. And it's not going to be just the both of us. You're going to become a part. You're going you're gonna to dissolve yourself into this big family thing. And that's maybe more important to me than us building something together. Mm. And it wasn't intentional. It yeah. just kind of like happened. Yeah. But also it comes back to some of the mindsets that are really established like at a very deep level in our cultures. The U.S. is very individualistic, right? You're, yeah. you're kind of thinking, of, and they are much more thinking as you are one, a part of a whole, right? Yes. You are not. Mm. So even like, it's, I mean, things that would just crack me up later. Because as I became friends with the girls in Ecuador, and I remember one lady, one girl who was single, she was at my house, had a whole bunch of girls over, and she was talking about how she was just, she just could not wait to get married so she could meet her in-laws. She's been dreaming of having a mother-in-law her whole life. Wow. And when, it, when she said it, I literally was like, I like never even imagined having a mother-in-law. Like, it's not that I, I knew I would somewhere, like, but this idea that you're like dreaming of becoming part of something yeah. that's just, we just don't even think that way. No, right? in fact, in the U.S., there's like a, a sarcastic stereotype yeah. of mother-in-laws, mother-in-laws being horrible. Uh huh. And she was like, <laughs> "I mean, we're going to go shopping. I can't wait. Wow. It's going to be soap." And I'm literally like, "It's like you. Their whole mindset is, yeah. What hole am I joining? What is this thing that I'm being? Wow. Versus like, what am I creating? What am I like? We think about. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go away from my parents, and I'm gonna do it differently. Or you know, like uh-huh. this, this very individualistic." How do we, so I think that at its core was manifested even in our expectations. Wow. But you don't know how to, you, you don't, you don't know to ask those questions because if yeah. you're, you're marrying somebody else who also was raised in an individualistic culture, you're both kind of thinking, what are we creating now? Not what are we joining? Right. Right. So did you have wow. to shift? I guess part of my question is like, how did you shift to both embrace his culture and what did you do to both like honor her desire? Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's a challenging dynamic. Yeah, how do you not lose yourself? Yeah. And I think that's where we've been. It's honestly been a very challenging road to find that place of middle. 
but we are, I think, one of, being two very idealistic and strong-willed people, you know, <laughs> I mean, our goal when we got married, we prayed some dumb stuff. I mean, just... God, do in the first five years what it would normally take 20 years to do. Like, just yeah. because we're just like, oh. let's have this marriage that looks like what Jesus yeah. had in mind yeah. when he created marriage. Yeah. We're still working on it 13 yeah. years in. But that was always the goal. It wasn't like, let's just get married. It was like, no, let's actually have this marriage. Let's do this. Yeah. Father, we don't like want to get to our 60s to learn this stuff. Let yeah. us learn in the first decade. We actually want to learn everything you have paid the price for so we can wow. we can live in the fullness of it from early on. As long as possible. Sure. As long as possible. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't know what we were. We didn't, for. Know. we didn't know what that meant. But I mean, we do know what we want, which yeah. is to actually have a marriage that looks like heaven. So it's a lot of trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out individually and trying to figure it out together. Yeah. Right. So even there even, was, there was a lot of trial and error. So, so, so I would say, um, the, the relationship with the cousins, because it was, it was a pain point for both of us. And I didn't have the tools that, you know, exactly how to invite yeah. her into it. Uh, Many times I just felt disappointed that she couldn't do it. So it was that pain point for us. Yeah. I just started withdrawing from that. And so we kind of like let the cousin kind of like relationship and, and activities just kind of like tone down and kind of like fade away. Mm. And then we did the same thing with friends groups or church groups. And then eventually it got to the core of our family, like my siblings and my parents. And then I thought the solution was just, just kind of like avoid it and don't do it until we got to that point. And then I was like, there's something not healthy about this. Like, I can't just stop being friends with my friends. I can't just stop not connecting to my cousins. I can't just mm -hmm. stop, can't do that with my family. And that's when I was like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Mm. Um, and obviously that came later at the beginning. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to give up my closest family just because we can't get along or because it's hard or because of language. I'm like, that's to me, I'm, I'm not going to leave that one. So that took us into a really fun roller coaster of trying to figure it out. How are we going to do close family, parents yeah. and siblings? How are we going to do that together in a way that is actually life giving for, for both of us? Because yeah. we had said that um, we want the fullness of both of us present. Like yeah. we don't want, we're very strong willed and, and sometimes hard headed. And so, but what does it look like to create enough space for her to be the full version of her? And what does it look like? for me to fully show up uh -huh. in this. And I think it was then when it was, when it came to the core of the family that I was like, oh no, we actually have to talk about this one. Like we got to figure this one out. Like yeah. I'm not willing to put that one aside. Yeah. And so that led us actually into the journey of, of understanding all these misses that we have and all these tools that we were, we didn't even know existed. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, starting with like, how can I help you like what's happening on on your side uh -huh. uh, what are the things that you need as we're trying to approach the, my closest family life yeah so yeah it's definitely been something that's been developed over time but i think if we're both positioned to honor with what the other person needs and and also i mean like trying to understand what is it that you're hoping to achieve by this we've actually been able to build back m so many of those relationships mm. it just took us almost unifying here yes not build back they weren't like broken relationships they just weren't as yeah, in, yeah. intensely active as uh -huh. they sometimes are it was more like they were kind of on the sides because we were trying to, trying figure, to figure, out, figure yourselves out yeah figure out but even now when we go to ecuador i mean we see so much family there's been so much i have a really good relationship with his aunts and his cousins and we've got a really great community of friends there but it took us kind of getting 
here really solid. So I think, yeah. you know, we, we both, we've done, uh, we weren't joking in our bio that we've done like a thousand and one um, marriage counseling appointments. Yeah. And we've also done individual appointments because some of it is you just have to go figure out what's happening inside of you, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to stay present in mm-hmm. the conversation to go, what do you need? This is what I'm feeling. You know, how do we actually do this? And it's, it's interesting because it's so much more threatening when it's so different. Yeah. Like it's one thing when you're having a conversation about something yeah. that makes sense to you, but when it doesn't make sense to you, it's so much easier for it to hit a place of like, this feels really threatening. I don't understand. Yeah. This registers yeah. as something bad in my book versus something positive but this is actually something really life-giving for you so I don't know where to I don't know how to reconcile that you know okay so I okay so I've heard you say a couple things I'm thinking if I'm listening and I'm either in a multicultural dating relationship we're considering marriage or maybe we are married and I'm looking for ways to like whoa this is really hard we are we are on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to normals how do we actually do connection I I feel like I've picked up a couple tips and I want to see if I'm correct and then add to it if you have like another one in mind. But I heard you say that you have to both be intentional about learning each other's culture Mm -hmm. and that language would be a huge part of that, especially if, um, you're going to be living in, well, you're going to be living in one or the other country, obviously. Mm -hmm. So learning and valuing culture and is submerging yourself in the culture to learn it Mm -hmm. and learning the language would be like, Pretty key. And I actually really love that because how could you really, really understand and love each other without knowing each other's culture? I mean, there's no way. There's no way. So I feel like that is a huge tip key. You can't just live in somebody else's nation and pretend that you're going to be American in Ecuador and it's Mm -hmm. all going to work out fine. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're going to have to submit to the culture and learn it and love Mm -hmm. it and value it. The other thing I heard you say was... And I think this is probably huge for couples to give yourselves maybe permission to really focus on solidifying your marriage unit before you worry too much about fostering all of these other multicultural relationships mm-hmm. because it could it could balloon easily into this really overwhelming thing. But if you, and probably this is true even for like same culture marriages, like give yourself a newlywed season to really focus on Mm -hmm. each other and learn each other and grow together and figure out how to communicate and how to fight well and how Mm -hmm. to, you know, all those things. Is there anything else that you feel like would be primary when it comes to kind of setting yourselves up for finding good rhythm inside of multicultural relationships? Yeah. I I think, one of, one of the funnest parts is that beginning to identify what do you actually love about both cultures uh-huh. that you want to, because you want to create your own yeah. version that brings the best of, of both. Yes. And so beginning to identify and honor each other's culture. Like yeah. I love this side of, of uh, forward movement and individuality that actually honors what a person carries and you're oh, not just trying yeah. to tone it down. Like I love that about U.S. culture. The sense of forward movement and uh-huh. advancing and, uh-huh. and being willing to take a challenge and be yes. able to stand up for yep. what you believe is like that portion. I'm like, so I think identifying and celebrating what are these things about each other's culture uh-huh. that you are like, yes to that. Yes. Like that belongs to a bigger culture, like uh-huh. this kingdom culture uh-huh. that we're actually trying to replicate here on earth. Yeah. So I think I beginning to identify what that looks like on each side and then begin to celebrate it and be intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'll say that... That's a fun one and it's an easy, it's, it's, it's a life-giving one. Yes, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I also think overcoming fear. You're uh-huh. going to have to push past, like you're going to have to confront your fear because it is likely that what feels so different will cause 
fear. Like there's an yeah. element, not in every personality, but in a lot of personalities, when you see something that just doesn't make sense, it's it's like a little bit like, what is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this doesn't fit anywhere in what makes sense to me. You're going to have to go after that individually. Yeah. And some of the big mistakes we made were attacking each other in those differences versus mm. like holding space for the differences, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it became very personal against each other when I didn't instantly fit into this idea or I felt really pressured for him to do, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we were, we were, at, we were going at each other instead of it being like, there's actually a place for us to create the best of both worlds here yeah. and to pull that in. Yeah. And that's going to take intentionality and it's going to take um, patience and it's going to take us really sticking in it together, but we can do that. Yeah. It, it just, it will be a matter of time. Yeah. It's know? so great yeah. because I think, I think that it feels really personal when you, when you don't, when you are able to embrace the thing the way that I embrace it mm-hmm. or when you don't love the idea the way that I love the idea, yeah. when it's family, it feels so personal. So mm-hmm. personal. And it's hard to not make that a, it's hard to not take that personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think you're right. Like really being able to understand and know one another mm-hmm. and tell me why you love that and tell me what's important to you about that. And that may not be something that, that we do together, but I think that really understanding like Lauren has things about her family that, that my family didn't do at all. Mm-hmm. And even just dumb things like Santa Claus, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which you think like, that's just a dumb thing. But to her mom, that was such a big deal, you know, oh like, my gosh. Hilarious. Ho- like the, the holiday Santa and Santa bringing the gifts. And like, <laughs> I woke up one morning when we were dating, I was at her house and her mom and her were having a conversation downstairs. And her mom was saying, I walked, I walked out into the hallway and I heard her mom saying, um, he doesn't even, he does, they don't even celebrate Santa. They don't even tell, he doesn't even tell his kids about Santa. Okay. Well, the backstory <laughs> there, but it, it does relate. It, it, yeah. it has to do with the fear component that mm-hmm. you're mentioning, Charity. Like I, you know, my mom, there was so much fear for a lot of really valid reasons. Yeah. My mom was terrified of me marrying a man that had already been married before and who had three children. There was a lot of fear. Very valid fear, I would say. But it's funny because I think when the stakes feel high, like I have moved to another nation, I have given you my life, Mm -hmm. I have left everything, the stakes are high. When I come upon our differences, they feel threatening. I'm like adding up, I'm adding up how much, how much, what other things are threatening my ability to actually be me on the planet anymore? Mm-hmm. Have I just dissolved? And I, I think my mom, she was, she was so afraid. The stakes felt really high. So any little difference felt like a threat to, well, is he actually, is he any fun at all? He doesn't even tell his kids about Santa. Is he just like some stiff, like I can't have a good time kind of guy? Like this, that's, that's not going to work for us. Our family is, we like fun and we like tradition and we like game and we like, you know, so she was freaked out about that. But I do feel like that's such a good example of how when fear is in the mix, mm-hmm. even silly things feel personal, mm-hmm. even things that have nothing to do with the actual important things feel but, scary. But those are real places for us to explore. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's the, that's one of the keys is your difference is something for me to understand yeah. and to explore yeah. And to learn, because we may not do it fully the same way that you did it, but it's part of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if 
if I know you and you feel known and seen, all of a sudden the threat kind of goes away. The yeah. fear goes away. Attention begins to go down. It makes yeah. a lot of sense, right? Like, yeah. oh, I understand. It may not be the thing that I love, but you really love that. Mm-hmm. And this is what it did for you. I think that's a big piece to yes. navigating yes. you know, this multicultural relationship that or differences. makes a lot of sense. And I think part of us getting married older is that we were both very strong-willed and we like getting things done our way. Uh-huh. And so... I was very used to just influencing and, and, and bringing a lot of good arguments and being a lot of good ideas and then kind of like wooing somebody or moving somebody towards what I wanted. Yeah. Same thing for Charity. She was yeah. able to like navigate and move people to do exactly the way she wanted. Yeah, yeah. And so here we come together trying to figure it out. And it was not like, let's try to understand your side. It was more like, no, no, I'm trying to go this way, yeah. right? Yeah. We're going that way, right? Of course you want what I want. Uh huh. Yeah, of course you, you do. You just yeah. don't know when it When I yet. think about it, sometimes I'm like, oh, Lord, we were oh, hot. We're going to be a lot better if you just are more like me. Oh, I mean, right? always. But, okay, but you guys are almost 13 years in. You have four beautiful children. Mm. You have gone from living in Ecuador and birthing a child there yeah. to moving back to the United States. And, I mean, we were joking ahead of time about how I feel like both of you, it is funny. You have these parallel families. Somehow you've both kind of lured all of your family to like be here a lot, Mm -hmm. if not all the time. And so you share a lot of space with both of your families, which is kind of miraculous. And I actually feel like convincing people. (laughs) (laughs) Very influential. Actually, I mean, they all moved here. I was the first one in running. I'm like, come on, guys, the city needs us. Let's go. But I think about you guys. I'm like, you've done all these years of work, and you obviously there's always room to grow in marriage. We're always working on our connection, and it can always be better. But largely, you're doing it. Look at you. You're doing it. You're raising these kids, and I'm watching you guys truly honor and value both cultures really well. You're raising your kids to be bilingual. You do a lot of traveling across the nation on this ungodly amount of travel time and airplane rides to get your toddlers to Ecuador once a year, if not more. So what else are you doing now that you've kind of got this foundational thing laid? Like, how are you building? Like, what vision do you have for your family in regards to like, yeah, what are you doing together now? Like, how are you intentionally building in this value for each other's cultures? And what what is the vision that you guys have like moving forward? I, I don't even know. Are you guys here forever? Are you going back to Ecuador? <laughs> are you? Well, I think we started zooming it in and say we started saying, okay, Reading and the city of Cuenca, like that's going to be our life. Mm. Like we're, it's not two cities. Yes, two cities, cool. and 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 Reading is our home where we live in. Mm-hmm. And Cuenca is the city that we love and we visit. And it cool. could become our home at some point. Uh-huh. But that, that is the, this, those are the two cities that are in our hearts. Wow. So we kind of like zoomed it in and like this is That's it. Great. Good. Uh, the rest is added. And the yes. rest is great. The rest is gravy. But those two cities are, 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 are in our hearts. I love that. Um, and then this idea of how, do we, how, do we, how can we create a family dynamic that represents the best of both cultures. Mm. And so Charity and I have chimed in the things that we like, and then the kids are beginning to chimp in what are some of the things that they like and they oh, love yeah. about the culture. So we try to be intentional about them being exposed. While we live here, we're trying for them to be intentional, uh, for them to be able to be exposed to things in, in Ecuador. Yeah. When we live there, we spoke in English at our house, and we try oh. to expose them to things that we're, that we're from the U.S. Okay. Now that we're here, we're trying to do the opposite. We try to speak Spanish. We only do... 
if we do screen time, we do it in Spanish. Wow, wow. cool. Uh, we have them, they do uh, FaceTime with the cousins or with the or with uncles or with the grandpas. Um, I try it, that will happen couple of times a week and they, they practice their Spanish. Uh, Cherry has done some other cool things. Yeah, I think I think one of the things is once you start having kids, it takes a whole nother, yeah. takes a whole nother dynamic. Because if you haven't actually sorted out your fear and come to kind of create this place of honor mm-hmm. for what you both want to pull from both your cultures, your kids are going to get your undertones, right? Ooh, so like yeah. they're going to pick it up there. And so one of the things when we came back to the U.S., even though it was a hard move to come back, um, it felt like it was time just for where we were at in our marriage, and then we were we wanted to have more kids, and I just didn't know that I could keep having more babies there. I just was like, oh man, I really, I really am ready to be with with my family for this season of small children, you know, um, and that's been good. I think it's been really good for us to be here. But it was like, oh, I actually have to intentionally. Um, give my kids the identity that they're not going to get from being there. Cause there's some pieces of Ecuadorian identity that yeah. are so stunning. And, mm. and so it's even just with small things, it was things like, um, you know, what we bring attention to, we can honor, but if we just don't even talk about it, they're not going to know it. Right. Yeah. Um, our son actually thinks our oldest thinks he's Ecuadorian. He was born while we were living in Ecuador, but <laughs> it's amazing. so funny. He guys, he is such a stinker about it. He, when we, um, how old is he? He's, he's going to be nine in December, wow. but when he was doing his kindergarten assessment for BCS, he wouldn't speak to the teacher in English. Oh <laughs> he my only, I mean, we were, we had been living in the U S for like two and a half years at that point. He spoke English every day, all day long. But he went into the assessment and decided that he was only going to speak Spanish. And so she was talking to us like <laughs> we were like, she was like, I understand kids who are from another country. I'm like, born and raised here. He speaks English. He's just being, and he would only <laughs> respond to her in Spanish. And then, so she would say like, what's, you know, can you do these numbers? And he would do it in Spanish. And then he'd look at me to translate. And I was like, oh, I'm going to kill you. You are going to be so, his Ecuadorian identity is real strong. It's real strong. Yeah. But some That's of the things amazing. that we did was like, um, we were, we, you know, we were starting over. We didn't have hardly any money and I was trying to decorate our house. And I was like, what could I do that would be, um, that would somehow like sh- create conversation about their culture and I think the Lord gave me the idea but I ended up contacting an artist friend we have he's a photographer who had taken pictures all over our city but artistic gorgeous pictures then I blew those up as art all over our house so our house is covered in pictures of cathedrals and pictures of like um, theaters and fountains that are all from Ecuador so our kids see these pieces and they actually know which is so funny we were sitting at breakfast the other day and one of some of those pictures are still around you know because they're actually really beautiful and my three-year-old goes um that's in Cuenca right and I was like yeah that's in Cuenca like they're they're getting this familiarity because I'm the mom so if I if I decorate everything out like it's not that I'm gonna make my I'm going to do a house that feels authentic to me, but I found a way to bring in some pieces of that because I want them to see that I celebrate it. I want them to see that it's, it's beautiful, you know? So how we, how we talk about the country is really important. And then the, we, we, all the decisions we made, like Gio has been led with my sister and his sister, the um, BSSM mission trip to Ecuador last year, which was the first time he had been away for two weeks since the twins were born because we have, yeah. yeah, a lot of little kids. And um, part of it was that we, what we told the kids was he's going on a mission trip to Ecuador because we love this country and we know God has something for this country. This is one of, this is one of the places that we know we're supposed to pour into for our whole lives. And wow. so the whole family got to be part of the gifts, like of going, we're, we're going to not see dad away. for two weeks. Yeah. We're not sending him anywhere though. Like we're sending him to this place that we know is our target. This is Amazing. our target. Yeah. And so they carry that though. I mean, 
they literally will, we go every summer to Ecuador and they will talk about it like, oh, when am I going to go to Ecuador? When am I, you know, like, when yeah, is it time to go to Ecuador? It. They love it. They love wow. it. They have so much. But I think it comes from conversation. And then I think we keep trying to say to them, like, I think what you say out loud to your kids matters. Yeah. Yeah. You are going to carry the best of both our nations. This nation carries this and this nation carries this. And you're going to get to carry both of them. Like, wow. that's, that's who you are. And gift. so they're like... Okay, I'm like, you're going to be relational and so capable. It's going to be amazing. And they're yeah. like, okay. I'm like, that's right. Take it in. Oh. Follow that deep. <laughs> carry it well, kids. Carry, carry it well. It's not any pressure. No. Oh, I love it. But that's so awesome. Honestly, amazing, you guys. Yeah. It's, I know, just knowing you, I know that it has taken a lot of work. And like we said at the beginning, I think every good marriage does take an incredible amount of work. And you've, you do it so well and mm-hmm. your family is so beautiful and guys, listeners, you missed, we didn't like dive into this, but they do. They have four kids and the babies are twins. And that was a whole other thing. Yeah. Just basically That's hero mom story. and dad here. You, <laughs> what true. you don't know, because we were only talking about multicultural <laughs> marriage is that we also have a hero mom and dad in the house today. <laughs> um, but honestly, thanks guys so much for sharing with us and for talking about your lives and for giving out keys. And there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Even at the very end, I'm thinking my word, why don't we do more of that Mm -hmm. in our home where we are both Americans, (laughs) like actually helping your kids understand what you carry and that you are intentionally building a culture inside of your home around the things that matter. Not just obviously, yes, we love Jesus. Yes. But like, okay, Valentins do this. Valentins are this. We, whether it's because we're Americans or whether it's because uh, we're Californians or whether, you know, whatever it is, I think that the idea of actually um, intentionally creating language around and valuing the pieces of a culture that you would want to see replicated in your children and in the next generations, that's a beautiful way to live. So, well done, Osorio family. (laughs) Thank you. We love you guys. guys, Well, we love you guys. And, very grateful for all your help on this journey. Y'all yes. have definitely been a big piece of it. <laughs> I like Jesus helping us one step at a time. Oh, it's so crazy how, how people around you can help you so, so, so much. Like yeah. it, yes. it will be hard. Like we're in a really good place. We're actually really enjoying marriage. It's really fun to have kids. And it, it really only happened because of, of people like you guys that wow. you kind of like believed in us, you pour into wow. us. And uh, most people that we, we needed help from, they, they were there to help us, including yes. you guys. So thank We you are them. not supposed to be able to do this by ourselves. <laughs> that is the short no, story. True. Yeah. Can't do it alone. Yeah. Can't do it alone. All right. Well, guys, hopefully you loved this week's episode. Um, if you do love it, would you please go uh, leave us a comment and rate and review the podcast? That helps so much. Share it to a friend that you know is in the thick. Uh, of a, uh, a cultural battle yeah, no. yep, cultural <laughs> battle or just some differences and we, yeah. this could help them out but also we have a marriage intensive starting january the second week in january mm-hmm. um on a tuesday we go from 6 30 to 8 30 at night mm-hmm. if you're interested in jumping into our to our marriage intensive to help grow your marriage and strengthen it go ahead and uh, head over to our website it's jason and you can check that out but otherwise Have an incredible week. We will see you guys next week.